Welcome to another edition of Right Voices. I'm John Hart, the co-founder of C3 Solutions, the Conservative Coalition for Climate Solutions, and I'm the editor of our news magazine, C3. And today we're honored to be joined by Representative Pete Stauber, who's currently serving his third term in Congress as the representative from Minnesota's 8th Congressional District. Congressman Stauber serves on the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, the Small Business Committee, and the Natural Resources Committee. And on that committee, he serves as the chair of the Subcommittee on Energy and Mineral Resources, where he's committed to maintaining America's energy independence and any reliance on foreign minerals. So, Congressman, welcome. It's great to be with you. Well, thanks for taking the time. We're we're excited. We want to talk about obviously your work on minerals, and and that's you're on the literally the front lines of that issue in Minnesota. Uh, but you know, this week President Biden <clears throat> vetoed a bipartisan measure uh, resolution, really disapproving of his Department of Labor weighing in on measuring climate risk through what we call ESG, environmental social governance policy. And in his, I was surprised that in his veto, he didn't merely just veto it. He put out a video where he lambasted the bipartisan majority as being Marjorie Taylor Greene MAGA Republicans. I thought I thought he came to, to bring us together. So I guess the question, what is your reaction to that veto, his tone? And also, do you think do you think Senator Manchin is is MAGA? Because he he voted with you, didn't he? Well, I tell you what, it's very disappointing uh, in this ruling by uh, this administration. I've always said, watch what uh, Joe Biden does, not what he says. He's been bloviating for 51 years now on Capitol Hill. Watch what he does and what he did to the American people, what he did to the investments uh, for the American people uh, was simply uh, unacceptable. It was a bipartisan piece of legislation that said, uh, allow the American people, allow their investments to be put forward to uh, to maximize the investment that they put in, maximize it, not uh, go towards uh, uh, radical green uh, energy, uh, et cetera. And this is what's happening with the ESG. Um, we want to maximize uh, the people's investments uh, and uh, not have to force them to invest in radical green ideology like this administration wants them to do. Simply unacceptable. And, and you know what, John, I'd say un-American to force somebody's uh, retirement or savings into certain um, parts of our society that are radically green. Yeah, and I think, Congressman, a word you used a couple times there I think is really important where you said forced. Because there's a, there are a lot of people who who look at climate risk and, and people of good faith can disagree on how they measure it, what the source is. It, do, you, do you and your colleagues object to people in the private sector making private economic decisions, whether it's a consumer, whether it's a fund, and, and then people can invest in that or not? Or, or is, that, is that objectionable to you that people would make those determinations? John, uh, in America, we are free. We we have free will to make decisions on our own. Again, not to be forced by the government, uh, literally forced into investing uh, or uh, into these uh, these green technologies. Listen, what that does, it, it devastates the in, uh, the potential investment into the, uh, the oil and gas industry, the cleanest. Uh, in the world. So it, it divests into uh, those types of uh, operations that help us become energy independent and energy dominant. Yeah. And looking at since you brought up oil and gas, uh, do you think it's wise for the Biden administration to essentially copy the policies of Western Europe 
And in our kind of analysis at C3 is that what happened before the invasion of Ukraine is that Europe wanted to go green really, really quickly, but they lied to their own population. And instead of, quote, going green, they really outsourced a lot of their fossil fuel needs to Russia. Right. And and so when President Biden goes to Rihad and asks for them to pump more oil, why 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 is is the administration doing that? Well, listen, uh, I was at the State of the Union when when Joe Biden says we're going to need uh, uh, oil and gas for at least the next ten years. That that statement is so out of touch. You know, our traditional uh, fuels that have have given us prosperity and opportunity. Uh, not only in our country but across the world, we have to we have to look at um, uh, how we do it. We do it better, safer, and more environmentally friendly uh, than any other nation. In fact, in the Gulf of Mexico, we know we do it forty one percent cleaner than anybody. Uh, so we can we can do it. And when we talk about um, you know uh, being green or environmental, as I said, nobody owns that term environmentalists. Uh, we are all environmentalists. And when you, if you want to do it safer, cleaner uh, by by United States standards and using our environmental standards and labor standards, we do it better than anybody. So why not invest in the United States? We know that our allies are counting on us uh, for those traditional fuels. Right. So, so on the e to wrap up the ESG conversation is that there's really two ways of looking at how to push back. One is to put your thumb on the scale in the opposite direction. The other other approach is to say it's not government's job to be putting thumbs on scales. Let let the market price what these things are and let innovation, because as you said, American innovation is working when we let it work. Absolutely. And the private sector uh, is is innovative as well. The private sector can move this uh, country and our economy forward. Allow the consumer, we, the American people, to make our own choices. Right. Yeah, and the, one of those choices is the fracking revolution actually did more to lower emissions than anything else over the past 30 years, which... You know, you know, uh, John, we were in Midland, Texas uh, less than a month ago, and I was on a drilling rig and, and really uh, got to uh, e- understand the process even better. And I can tell you this, there was steel piping, uh, thousands of feet of steel piping. And I asked, where did that steel piping come uh, come from? The United States Steel Corporation in the United States. And by the way, for your viewers, in northeastern Minnesota, we we have what we call the Iron Range. We mine taconite that makes over 80% of the steel in this country. When I saw those thousands of feet of, of, uh, of uh, steel there, I thought this was originated in uh, Minnesota's 8th Congressional District, where we mine uh, safer than anybody. We've been doing it for 145 years. And also, we have the cleanest water in the state of Minnesota in the heart of mining country. Yeah, so let's let's talk about some of the priorities I know you've, you've mentioned uh, for, this, for this Congress the next two years. Permitting reform and mining. Uh, describe what you, if you could, Pete Stauber could just be in charge of the government for a day. What would you fix and why? And what would the what would the outcome be? Well, first of all, HR one is extremely important, uh, uh, lowering energy costs uh, for all. And there's 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 many bills that went into this. They're all germane to lowering energy costs. And me specifically, uh, I'm championing the Permitting for Mining Needs Act, which allows transparency, accountability, 
certainty in the investment in mining uh, uh, throughout the United States. And when we, we know when we do that, we extract it safer, better than, than anybody else. We are blessed to have these minerals here in our earth. And, and I would tell you that, that the biggest copper nickel find is in the state of Minnesota. It's called the Duluth Complex, where we have 95% of our nickel reserve over, or rather almost 90% of our cobalt, over a third of our copper and other platinum group metals, John, that we use in our everyday life. Yet this administration will not allow us to, to mine these minerals. They would rather go to foreign adversarial nations to mine these minerals. And it's simply unacceptable. We're seeing when we allow, when you talk about the private sector, when we allow the private sector to be innovative here in the United States of America, we actually lead the world. They will follow us. And this administration is doing just the opposite, uh, begging oil for oil in Venezuela, going and working memorandums of understanding uh, 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 with the Congo, where 15 of the 19 industrial mines are, are owned by uh, the communist country of China, where they allow child slave labor. And that's 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 a fact. UNICEF and Amnesty International, nonpartisan, have said there's 40, at least 40 to 50,000 children forced to mine these minerals. It is unconscionable that this administration won't get on the side of the American workforce and the American miner. They turn a blind eye to the atrocities going on, and I think that's unethical. But, well, the administration is, go is going to push back and say, "That's well, Congressman, this is a threat to the environment. Uh, how do you respond to those on the left that say the envir environmental risk of the, of the projects you want in the Boundary Waters in, in Minnesota outweigh the atrocities against children overseas and the human first rights. Off, first off, John, and for your listeners, there will never be any mining in the Boundary Waters, and there will never be any mining in the buffer zone around the Boundary Waters. But outside those zones, this mineral rich, and, and we do it, like I say, we do it better than anybody. And and to, for, uh, for, for people to say, well, uh, you know, we don't do it right, uh, or or we can't do it right. That's that's just simply just wrong. For instance, we have a mine in in uh, Minnesota where where Biden just pulled the leases uh, and 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 took off two hundred twenty five thousand acres in this mineral rich Duluth complex from even even being developed, and that is without even going through an environmental impact statement. Environmental impact statement, John, as you know, is the highest scrutiny the government can give any project. They just did it for purely political reasons. Uh, and it's devastating. We have the workforce, we have the knowledge uh, and, and the technology to do it right here and to help secure our supply chain. And this administration, they don't look at that. They say, nah, we're not going to do it here. Listen, when I was in the uh, Natural Resources Committee, I asked this mining expert, it actually was an anti-mining expert. I said, you say it's too dry in Arizona. You say it's too wet in northern Minnesota. You say it's too mountainous in Colorado. Now you don't want to mine in, in South Dakota. Where do you want to mine? Where, do you, where would you like this to mine? And the answer was <laughs> nowhere. That's the ideology. The keep it in the ground mentality is devastating for the nat strategic national security of this country. In fact, if the communist country of China today, if they stop selling us their active pharmaceutical ingredients <clears throat> and their critical minerals, 
it would be devastating for America. And we cannot allow us ourselves to be in this situation. We have to hold the destiny of this great nation in the palm of our own hands. And that means permitting reform, passing HR1, mining in America, processing in America, and manufacturing back here in America. So we, 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 COVID has taught us so many things. And if we don't learn from this shame on our nation, uh, but when we know better, we do better. So let's, uh, let's move forward and unleash the potential of the natural resources that we have in this country for strategic national security and lowering uh, energy costs for us all. And that's really, John, that's what HR1 is all about. It's a good package uh, and it's, it's good governance. Yeah, and you mentioned communist China. Just one of the reports we put out, uh, written by Nick Loris, who before was formerly at the Heritage Foundation, looked at all of the countries in the world and compared the economic freedom score of countries that embrace less government, lower taxes, more economic freedom with Yale's Environmental Performance Index. And he found that free free economies are twice as clean as less free. And so I think the left talks about uh, you know let's keep these minerals on the ground. But if you look at the countries where there's no freedom. They're dirtier. You know, well, it, abs- absolutely. And we've been saying that. I mean, and they're not only dirtier, uh, but but they, they source it unethically by using child slave labor. And by the way, you mentioned uh, Nick Loris. I want to I just want to give a shout out to you and him for allowing him to to be a participant uh, and, and a witness in our natural resources hearing. Very uh, informative, knowledgeable. That's what that's what we need to hear and the American people need to hear. So I want to thank you for allowing Nick to testify. It, it, he was fantastic. Yeah, we're lucky to have him on the team. He's very, very gifted, great thinker in this space. Uh, what what is your uh level of optimism on permitting reform. And I, one thing I've observed is there's there are increasingly uh, people on the left, the center, who are willing to say out loud, this is a disaster. Whereas we, we the National Environmental Policy Act is 50 years old. Biden has put billions of dollars in, into the into the quote, the, the hose, the pipeline, but there's a kink in the hose. And the kink is you can't get it, you can't get any capital to flow through it because of these outdated, outmoded uh, you had Mark, you know, Mark Penn, well-known Democratic advisor, did a op in the Wall Street Journal talking more about hardened, you know, bridges. We can't build bridges anymore, but it's connected to the same problem. And, and do you have are your colleagues? Do they privately come up to you and say, you know, Congressman, this, you know, Pete, this is a disaster. We we need to fix this. No, or I tell you, oblivious. Yeah, the permitting reform part of HR one is extremely important. Look at it's it, it's not only involving uh, permitting for mining needs, which is my uh, piece of legislation. Um, we look at uh, transmission lines, John. Uh, we have a transmission line in Northwest Wisconsin, and it, it's in its seventh year permitting. And and this is a, a, around the country. So if we want to you know, uh, change or, uh, yeah, change alternative sources of energy, allow that to be an option for the American people. We must have permitting reform. Um, and, and it goes across, it's, it's from A to Z. And we talk about the bridges. Uh, when it takes 10 years to build a bridge, I don't care if it's in Minnesota or California, the delays 
in the, in the process, what is that costing the, the taxpayers? It's costing a lot. And, and, and every year you delay, the project becomes more expensive. We want to streamline the permitting process, give it certainty uh, and transparency. Uh, for instance, my permitting for mining needs act, it allows one agency to be in charge of that per, uh, that uh, specific mine permit, whether it be BLM, EPA, Army Corps, uh, or your interior. One agency is the lead agency. Otherwise, you have three or four agencies in the bureaucracy. It, it, things get me- messed up in the bureaucracy. We have a mine in northern Minnesota in the Duluth complex that has has wanted to mine those critical minerals, John. It's in its 20th year of permitting. Wow. 20 years. And the other one that Biden just took offline for purely political reasons was in its 10th year. And it's simply unacceptable. Yet, this administration is okay when other countries have a two and three year permitting process. Right. Yeah. And, and those are not outlier. I mean, they're they're long terms, but but the delays can be, as Nick said, three to seven years. Yeah. The norm is a very, very long delay. So and, the permit you know, for mining. Yeah, Steve or John, you're right. You're right. The permit for mining needs act. You are exactly right. The, the environmental impact statement is two years. Environmental assessment is one year. But that can be negotiated with the project sponsors. And I think that that's that's reasonable and fair. So not to not to be too inside baseball, but I'm curious to get your procedural outlook on, you know, the House. Uh, you you have the votes to pass HR one, or if you even take out permitting. Uh, you have the votes to do that in the House. Where does it go in the Senate? How do you how do you get get that to President Biden's desk to force him to make a decision on on permitting reform? Yeah, uh, first off, it's education, uh, uh, educating people on the bill, and and we worked, uh, for instance, uh, with Senator Manchin's office. Uh, after a record of decision is made, uh, we originally had in our piece of legislation um, one year uh, before, uh, w- within one year, a lawsuit could be filed. But in Senator Manchin's case, uh, and we agreed, it, it should really be 120 days. So in our piece of legislation, we have after a record of decision, you have 120 days max uh, to file a lawsuit. Right now, as as it sits today, you can file a lawsuit six, seven, eight years after a record of decision, and that delays the project and it gives uh, uh, the the uh, the anti mining folks and their attorneys lots of money. Do you think it's is it is it a good use of Congress's time to have the House pass a bill and let's say the Senate could even pass it and then President Biden vetoes it? What what would your response be if he vetoes this package? Well, I think that, it, again, it would be disappointing if if the House and Senate uh, pass a bill and purely for political and, and, and ideological differences that he would veto it. It's simply unacceptable. Just like the ESG bill uh, that went over to him in a bipartisan fashion uh, and he vetoes it again. Like I said uh, at the beginning of our conversation here, uh, John, look at what uh, Biden does, not what he says. He'll say the right things in the front of the group of people. And when a, when push comes to shove, uh, he votes or, 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 or goes against the American, the will of the American people and the American worker. Well, as you as you probably remember, we're you know, we're probably not too far apart in age. The 1990s, uh, President Clinton signed welfare reform. 
uh, and people don't remember this often, but it, it didn't happen the first time, didn't happen the second time, it happened the third time. Mm-hmm. So are House Republicans as committed to permitting reform as they were to welfare reform back in the 90s? I tell you what, the answer is absolutely yes. We put an, an enormous amount of energy um, and, and work into these good pieces of legisl- legislation that will lower energy costs for all Americans and, and allow our natural resources uh, to be used rather than the communist country of China's uh, or, or other adversarial uh, nations. We must mine uh, in, in our country. And, and I've said this, John, if it's not grown or if it's not mined, it doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> that's a good that, that's a, on that note, Congressman, I think I think we'll, we'll let you get on with your day. And I know you've got you've got a lot on your plate and uh, we're excited to see how this is going to develop. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, uh, I, I like to be optimistic and think this is going to happen the first time it goes through the House. But as I said before, we may have to come back two or three times to get permitting reform done. But um, uh, we're looking we're looking forward to uh, looking forward to to getting it out of the House. Uh, lots of work yet to do. Lots of, lots of educating members on both sides. Yeah, but this piece of legisl- legislation, H.R. 1, uh, the Republicans top priority in the House. Uh, will benefit the American people, uh, and uh, we need to get it passed. Well, Congressman, thank you so much. You can follow us at c3newsmag.com, and this has been Right Voices with Congressman Pete Stopper. 